It's time to go under the hood with the Indy Fuel. Welcome to the Under the Hood podcast, the official podcast of the Indy Fuel. I am the broadcast voice of the Fuel, Andrew Smith. Glad you've joined us as we hit the second week of February and a very busy month for the Indy Fuel at the Indiana Farmers Coliseum. It started off well with a split with Rapid City over the weekend and will continue with a lot of home games starting Wednesday the 10th against the Wheeling Nailers. After a road trip to Wheeling on Sunday, the Fort Wayne Comets will visit on February 17th, and that kicks off a run of four games in five days as the Greenville Swamp Rabbits visit for the following weekend, and then the Fort Wayne Comets will be in for three games the final weekend of the month. So lots of hockey coming up at the Indiana Farmers Coliseum. Get your tickets at IndyFuelHockey.com. They are going fast. We have two guests on this edition of Under the Hood, Joe Sullivan and Alec McRae. We'll hear from them later on in the program. The Fuel split their first weekend of the month, falling two to nothing on Friday night to the Rapid City Rush, but then coming back and winning Saturday's game six to three. Saturday was a milestone night for Nick Hutchison as he scored his first career goal at 18.09 of the first period, just 12 seconds after former Fuel player Avery Peterson had given Rapid City the lead. Nick Olchak joins me for the call. Now here's an opportunity and a goal! Nick Hutchison in front, hops on a loose puck, and fires it past Tendek, and just like that, we're tied at one, and Nick Hutchison has career goal number one. We said it last night, you knew it was coming, he had too many golden opportunities, and he cashes in right here. Early in the second period, Peter Krieger scored, then set up Matthew Thompson 20 seconds later to give the Fuel a 3-1 to lead. Headman it to his own line, puck loose at center, Krieger hops on it, quick two-on-one developing, he centers and scores! Matthew Thompson takes the feed from Peter Krieger, and he beats Tendek High Glove, and the Fuel lead a 3-1! After a pair of power play goals for Rapid City tied the game, Nick Pirog, the league's leading goal scorer, gave the Fuel the lead on the power play 46 seconds into the third period. That turned out to be the game winner, launching a three-goal third that propelled Indy to a 6-3 victory. Teixeira, center point to the left circle, Krieger. Back diagonal, Pirog steps into one, scores! Nick Pirog with a power play goal, and the Fuel have retaken the lead. It's 4-3. to three. Well, it's Peter Krieger involved in the play once again. And he's going to send this puck across the seam to Nick Pirog, who wastes no time. The puck's on his stick, winds up for the big slapper. Nick Pirog would score two goals in the game. Peter Krieger would have a goal and three assists. And Matthew Thompson, returning to the lineup this weekend, had a goal and two assists in the contest. Nick Hutchison also had a goal and two assists for the Fuel in their 6-3 to victory. And we can't overlook Dan Bakula, who had 23 saves in the win and is now tied for the league lead with seven wins on the season. He had two stellar saves early to preserve, at the time, a scoreless tie. 
Here comes Cedric Mulmany for Rapid City. Backhand feed in front, Dan Backlow makes a fantastic save on Avery Peterson as Mulmany found Peterson coming in all alone, and he had a doorstep tip, and Backlow came across to make the save. So the Fuel right now sitting atop the ECHL with a 13-3-1 record. They're tied for first place in the Eastern Conference with the Florida Everblades with 27 points. However, the few will have first place on points percentage as Florida has played two more games than Indy to this point. And also the same with the Allen Americans who also lead the Western Conference with 27 points, but also have played two more games than the Fuel. Lots of players atop the league leaders right now. Nick Pirog leads the league with 11 goals through the first 17 games of the season, and he has played 15 contests. Also, Billy Christopoulos ranks third in the league in goals against average with a 2.2 goals against. Dan Bacala is 16th with a 2.65 goals against average, and he is tied with Ryan Bednard of Greenville for the league lead in goals. Peter Krieger with 15 points is the league's second-highest scoring rookie, and with six goals, he is tied for the league lead in that department. And also, Keone Teixeira and Willie Raskob both tied for fifth among defensemen with nine points. So a lot of fuel players among the league leaders, which you would expect for a team that is 13-3-1 on the season. Defenseman Connor McDonald signed a professional tryout offer with the Cleveland Monsters of the AHL, and defenseman Alec McRae Sunday afternoon signed a professional tryout offer with the Rochester Americans and was loaned to them. Now let's meet our guests on this edition of Under the Hood. Our first guest is the aforementioned Alec McRae. He recorded this prior to his AHL call-up and prior to the two weekend games where he suited up for the Indy Fuel, and he has had a really solid start to the season. Former captain of the Waterloo Blackhawks of the United States Hockey League, had a really good four-year career at Cornell, and a lot of connections with this Indy Fuel team. Here is Alec McRae. First of all, Alec, welcome to Indy. Uh, What's it been like joining a team, and I know you came really quick, right before a five-game road trip, but uh, what was it like joining the team mid-season and really working your way into the lineup really quickly? Yeah, I mean, it's been... uh... It's been awesome so far. Uh, hats off to the organization as a whole and, and Coach Doug and all all my teammates uh, here. They made the transition uh, really, really uh, easy and seamless. So um, it was coming in. I mean, it was kind of a whirlwind. I kind of flew in. Uh, obviously, had to quarantine a couple days and uh, had to get tested a couple times, and then finally got to be on the ice with the guys uh, for one practice. Um, and then kind of the next day we had a game uh, we played Wednesday, uh, had an off day, a couple more games. And so um, honestly, like, uh, yeah, I was kind of thrown in the fire, but, you know, being at home for so long for 10 months uh, from the time uh, last season until now, that's kind of just what I wanted to get kind of in the swing of things. Um, you know, I, I didn't, I felt like I needed some gameplay and, um, and, and early, early gameplay and, um, kind of get back in into the fire there. So um, it was it was it was a good transition, and I owe a lot to the uh, the coaching staff and the guys and uh, everybody involved in the organization for making making it so smooth. When you come in like that so quickly, 
Is it a lot of just trusting your instincts and allowing them to get back to form and just learning the basics of, you know, here's the breakout, here's what we do in the offensive zone, but really just trusting your instincts and playing hockey? Yeah, definitely. I think anywhere you go, uh, you know, hockey's hockey. And generally teams um, kind of run similar systems to each other. Uh, the biggest differences are usually on special teams sometimes, like penalty kill, how you kill, and, or maybe some tweaks in the forecheck or defensive zone coverage. But other than that, like, like you said, uh, it, for me, it was just trusting my instincts. Obviously, I've played the game long enough um, to know what uh, what makes me great out there as, as a player and, and my strengths. So uh, for me, especially in the early going, it was asking a lot of questions to the coaches. Um, and we had a lot of meetings together, just them pulling me in, like talking to me about, you know, certain situations out there and, and you know, things would come up. And then um, also, too, it's been like a great learning experience, like um, every single video session that we have with a team. Um, I'm able to like learn something new. Like today we had a video session of last week's games and, uh, we talked about a, a concept that we want to preach. And, um, for me, I, that was new. Uh, it was different than what I had last year. So, I mean, just little things like that, um, is, uh, is great. Um, obviously, but, um, back to your initial point for me, it was just going out there and, uh, like you said, trusting my instincts and the rest will follow you're coming into a team that's had a really good start to the season. I know you played for an excellent team last season in Toledo as well. What is it about this team here in Indy that has impressed you or has made an impression on you so early? Uh, I would say the the work ethic of the team as a whole. I mean, um, we have a lot of skill on this team, but a lot of this, the skilled players and and, uh, and uh, the role players, they, they do the um, – do things the right way. Um, and I think that's, I mean, you have late in the game, you have some of our best players laying down to block shots and making it or taking a hit to make a play. And I think, uh, I mean, ever since the first game I came, I realized that right away. I mean, coaches holds every player accountable and the, the, the team holds each other accountable, which is, uh, what you need out of a, um, uh, a team. And, uh, the, the leadership on this team is, I mean, I, I know uh, Cliff just got named captain, but um, you know a lot of the uh, the the leadership group as a whole um, are doing their part to make sure everybody's uh, in the moving in the right direction and and playing uh, the way they're supposed to play. But um, it's just a little things for me uh, seeing how how uh, even the the most skilled players on the team are, are doing. That's that's how I could see that this team has uh, some good success. You had a chance last year to play with Billy Christopoulos in Toledo. You're back with him uh, again here in Indy. What is it about his game that has made him have the success that he's had so early in his career? Yeah, actually, Billy and I are, are um, roommates now. We got to move into each other uh, with each other, so uh, it's been good. But Billy's, uh, I mean, he's an awesome goaltender. And as a defenseman, um, nothing gives me more confidence to go out there and uh, and uh be able to make plays with the puck and without the puck, be able to trust my feet and trust my gap than a goalie who is calm, uh, steady, and it never looks like he's flustered. He's always composed out there. He's, he's always in the right position. It, it seems. And, um, he's always talking to us too, which and telling us what he wants, whether it be, uh, when he's setting the puck for us or when he's, he's being screened by one of us or what he wants us to do. So, um, as a defenseman, I mean, that's all you can, uh, you can want. 
um, with a goalie, and he's given us that confidence to play hard in front of him and want to want to battle for him because um, you know he brings it every single day and he's a true pro. You mentioned the off season, and you were essentially off the ice for about ten months or away from uh, playing uh, games for about ten months. What was this off season like for you, and how did you uh, stay prepared for the season? Yeah, so it was a it was a bit of a roller coaster. I mean, with everything going on, I mean, everybody was in the same boat, and there weren't a lot of answers uh, to the questions uh, people were having. And for me, uh, you know, it was just about wanting to find a place to play where, um, you know, it, it was it would be the best situation for me. And I think, um, you know, staying. Uh, staying positive, uh, obviously the training and, and skating, it got, it got long there, um, being off, uh, out of the like game situation and, and off a team for so long. But it was just every day, uh, continuing to get better, uh, coming to the gym, working on that one thing that you want to improve. Uh, for me, it was like, uh, quickness and obviously strength and, um, just coming with the mindset that we were going to get back to playing hockey and I was going to have, I was going to find a home and just, you know, although it was long, just taking a step back, realizing uh, what an opportunity it is um, that that's going to come my way. Um, and obviously uh, the opportunity did. And uh, I wanted to make sure because a big thing of this offseason is you didn't know when you were going to get a call to play. Right. So like some teams were starting uh, earlier than others. Uh, the overseas leagues were playing. So for me, it was kind of always trying to stay uh, mentally and physically ready so that I could be able to step in and play um, games right away. And obviously that's what happened. I got a call and had to play games uh, the next day pretty much. So um, I think that's the biggest thing is, is just staying positive and knowing that my time will come and uh, and uh, just being, being ready for that opportunity. How much – does being a second year pro help as well because you've already been through the grind of a season and you've done it both at the American Hockey League level and uh, in the ECHO with Toledo last year? Yeah, so um, you know the biggest thing about pro hockey is it's an everyday. Um, you got to bring it every single day. Uh, the guys are so good and so talented and and so mentally tough that. Um, even with the games and practices, like, yeah, it gets to be a long season, but it, uh, especially like seeing, um, things in Grand Rapids and, and Toledo last year, like the, uh, the veterans on the team, seeing how they go about their business, uh, you, you learn to, you learn that it, it's, it's a lot more, uh, than, than a game. And you kind of always got to be on with, uh, you know, when, with your recovery and your habits away from the rink and your habits at the rink and what you need to do to prepare your body and mind. Uh, to be at your best and uh, just one year in I was able to learn so much last year and had a lot of great mentors within the team uh, some older guys who I still stay in contact with that helped me out a lot uh, both mentally and more mentally um, but uh, even playing wise too with some good tips so um, coming in here it, it's the same thing and you know it's it's been nice to get a year under my belt but uh, I noticed like another thing is I'm, I'm always hungry for more and, and always wanting to learn because I feel like there's so much I can learn from everybody on the team. You know, you can learn a lot from the first year guys to the guys that are 10 year pros. So it's, uh, it's, it's been, uh, it's kind of been like that too. Like I, I mean, coming into a new team, you get to see, um, 
a lot of uh, characteristics of of players that make them great and uh, kind of tailor them to to how how you can uh, utilize them. So, describe yourself as a player. Yeah, so I'm uh, as kind of clear cut as it gets. I'm a you know more defensive defenseman. Um, I like to take care of things in in my own end. Um, not really uh, a rush per se type rush the puck up the ice per se. I like to make a good first pass. Um, I, uh, I take pride in, um, playing hard defensively. Um, you know, I'll, I'll chip in here offensively and, and that's a part of my game that I want to improve, um, and, and keep improving obviously defensively and offensively. But, um, uh, I, I really, uh, enjoy, um, you know, playing on the penalty kill, blocking shots, doing little things right. And, and just being hard to play against. You mentioned that style that you have. How much pride do you take in the fact that in your four years at Cornell, uh, one of your seasons as a junior, you were named the best defensive defenseman in the conference? Yeah, I mean, that's uh, obviously um, that award, uh, you know, it was, it was special to me. And I, I mean, I've never even heard about that. Uh, I was like, hey, defensive defenseman, they must not have seen my hands in warm-ups. Like, I've, I've been <laughs> offensive this season, you know. Um, but, no, like, see, like, that's that's what I'm talking about. Like, that award right there um, is something that, you know, I take pride in. And they were looking at a lot of metrics that, you know, kind of get overlooked sometimes. And um, I think, uh, obviously, I owe a lot to the team we had there and, and whatnot. But for me as a player, um, you know, my goal is never to really – um, put up a bunch of points. It's to play hard, you know, limit their scoring chances against, try to chip in offensively and, and try to be a plus plus player, play hard on the penalty kill and um, kind of shut down the other teams forward. So, um, but yeah, I mean, that's just a, uh, that was a great season. And I think um, the, the thing about pro hockey too, I know we touched on it a little bit earlier was, but it's about finding your niche, right? Uh, finding what makes you, uh, valuable to the team and um i think uh everybody has their strengths and in pro hockey like if you're paid to score goals then you got to score goals and if you're paid to to defend like i am you got to defend so um that's another thing that i want to take pride in is is just always like developing those strengths that i have as a defensive player and uh moving forward from there and you look at every level you've you've had that uh Last year in Toledo, you were with a team that had a lot of goal scorers on it. In junior in Waterloo, you played with Zach Sanford and Tyler Sheehy and Patrick Russell and some guys that could really put the puck in the net. Does that really magnify that role of being the guy who stays at home and gets the puck block shots and helps make that first pass out of the zone so the rush can happen? Yeah, definitely. I mean, that's uh, that's the part of being a team right? Like you have so many characteristics of players. You have so many strengths of players and it's how can we best utilize everybody's strengths to win a hockey game. And I think, uh, you know, you see great harmony, especially with this team uh, where you have on the back end, you have a couple of really, really great offensive minded players and, and really great skaters. And then you have some great um, shutdown defensemen uh, who take pride in, in, in their own end. And, um, and up front too, you have, some great role players who do the little things right. And you also have some huge goal scorers that, that can, uh, when the, when the team needs the most can put the puck in the back of the net. So that's like basically it right there. Like all my life I've seen, um, you know, obviously everybody's always trying to develop all their strengths as a player, skating, passing, shooting, all the above. 
but I think it really gets like when the season starts to get going, you really see everybody's strengths and how they, uh, they come together as one. And, and, uh, it's all about like the team mentality, right? How can you help the team with, uh, with what you have? The hockey world is a small world, as we've kind of discussed already, but you and Alex Router were teammates in college, and you and Peter Krieger were teammates in junior, and you mentioned before we went on air roommates in Waterloo as well. What's it been like for you to join a team where you've got a few familiar faces? Oh, I mean, it definitely helps out. Like, um, Router was, when I was first moving in, he was able to, I was able to borrow his car and go to the, uh, the grocery store and get all everything I need for the apartment. And obviously with Peter here and everything, like they're kind of helping me show the ropes and, you know, telling me little things and stuff like that, making me feel comfortable. And, um, you know, router was actually instrumental in, in helping me get here too with, uh, with, uh, contact with coach Doug. So, um, I mean, I owe a lot to them. Um, and, uh, the hockey world is small. I mean, Coming into the locker room, I mean, even if you don't know somebody, you definitely know someone that they know uh, or played with. Um, and so, I mean, uh, like I said, all the guys are, have been awesome to me, and it's fun to kind of reminisce about uh, old times and uh, kind of catch up with them because, I mean, life moves fast, and you and you um, sometimes lose touch with a, a couple players. And so just to hear what they've been through in the past uh, couple of years and where, where they're at now, it's, 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 it's good to, to catch up with them. How nice has it been for you to now, after that whirlwind road trip, have some time where you're going to be at home here for the better part of the next month and a lot of time to, to practice as well as uh, play a lot of games without having to get on a bus and go anywhere for, for very long here uh, for the next few weeks? Yeah, it's definitely nice. I mean, um, it, like I feel like, I mean, I've been here for a couple of weeks, but I'm still not settled in, you know? Um, so just being here, uh, now for the next month with, with some home games and, and getting some regular practices and at the rink and stuff, it, it kind of allows me to take care of a couple things I need to do. Like, uh, for example, uh, earlier this week, I was able to pick up a vehicle, you know, being out here and, um, without the travel and stuff, you're able to do things like that to, to kind of, um, ease your mind and, and kind of move in and make you feel comfortable, uh, when you do have to go to the rink and, and play. So, um, but yeah, so it's 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 going to be nice for sure. Alec, thanks for joining us, and good luck this weekend. Yeah, I appreciate it. And we want to thank Alec McRae for joining us. Our next guest is Joe Sullivan, second-year member of the Indy Fuel, but is no stranger to Indianapolis. He also was a part of the Indiana Ice's Clark Cup championship team in 2014, which as you heard earlier, faced Alec McRae's Waterloo team in that Clark Cup final. And Joe Sullivan has been an excellent player for the Fuel. He's an alternate captain on this year's team, outstanding penalty killer, and he's chipped in with some key goals here in the last few games, especially on that five-game road swing that took the Fuel to Wichita, Tulsa, and Wheeling. Here is our conversation with Joe Sullivan. Uh, Joe, first of all, uh, three goals and an assist your last four games. Uh, a really good road trip you had in Tulsa and Wichita and then uh, finished that up in Wheeling last weekend. But it's going to describe the way you've been playing and uh, the way the team has been playing here these last couple of weeks. Um, yeah, uh, I mean, obviously, past couple of weeks we've had a couple of guys get called up um, and then a couple of issues um, with guys due to COVID and all that. So um, it offered a lot of opportunity for guys to 
you know, to step up and get some opportunities they had previously this year on that road trip. And, um, you know, I think our team and um, kind of rose to that occasion, rose to that challenge, and uh, myself included. And just on that road trip and the game after, you know, um, you know our team just played together and played hard, and everyone got a chance and you know, took the opportunities. And I played with a bunch of great players, too, in that stretch. And that's obviously been, um, you know, been a huge, huge asset. So I wouldn't, wouldn't be able to do it without them. It's going to describe uh, the start this team has had. Uh, you're 12-2-1 through 15 games. What is it about this team that has made it so special so early in the season? Um, I think just uh, we're a competitive group, to be honest. Um, you know, from day one of training camp, even till now, um, guys are competing every day for, you know, for positions or playing time. And, you know, due to the season, you know, and, kind of the elevated competition in our league you know our team is a great representation of that every day there's you know there's guys of, of high caliber kind of battling for position so i think just compete and you know we we have been playing well um but you know we're aware that a lot of our games were were very close and a bounce here bounce here could have gone could have gone the other way so you know we're not too focused on, on our record just kind of um you know getting better every day you mentioned that competition in practice does that really elevate everybody's game number one but number two really make it important for you to really solidify and carve out your role and you really being anybody on the team yeah um you know we have a kind of a a um standard where nothing's given to you, you know you have to earn everything your position and earn your keep every day and you know, that's very prevalent in, in practice um you know it it keep, makes us compete during in practice, which makes us better. And then, you know, in games and, you know, we need extra competition late in the game, whatever, you know, we can tap into that. You know, and then also just kind of helps build, build team camaraderie too as well. You know, like when every, every day you're going against a guy who's giving his all and, you know, you guys are having a healthy competition, you're battling, making each other better every day. Um, you know, leads to a lot of, a lot of good deep connection off the ice as well. One of your roles the last couple of years has been to kill penalties, and you've been very successful at that. I know last year you and Michael Doherty really took the lead in uh, in in leading the top PK unit. What does it take to be a successful penalty killer, and how much do you relish that role? Um, you know, it, it takes a lot. It's it's you know part of your hockey IQ. You know, it's something that. You develop and build since you're a little kid, and every year with every coach, you know, you kind of add together piece by piece. Um, but I think for me, it just it's penalty kills a lot of sacrifice and a lot of you know high energy stopping and starting, and um, you know that's kind of my game. Is you know I like to keep it simple, um, you know, just play hard, sacrifice my body for for the team, and um, you know do a job. So. Uh, you've been able to play up and down the lineup, but the last few games you've really solidified in a line with uh, David Brohl and Antoine Waked. What is it like playing with those guys and uh, the energy and size that the three of you have together? Uh, playing with those guys is amazing. I mean, um, I never play with someone who's who's as similar and um, you know kind of crazy at times on the ice as, as Waked. Um, so it's, it's kind of great playing with, you know, what seems like my twin out there. Um, and then Broller is just an amazing player, sees the ice so well. I mean, obviously he's a former NHL player, so he thinks the game at such a high level and, you know, really you can't be in a bad position with a guy like that on the ice because he'll find you and give you the puck wherever you are. 
How has it been for you kind of seeing your role change and adapt over time? Um, it's been awesome. You know, it's, uh, it's kind of cool. Cause, uh, you know, we've had a bunch of, bunch of the core guys here, you know, we're guys that we're all together in Manchester with, with Doug, um, his first year head coach actually. So, um, kind of staying with that, you know, core group of guys and picking up a lot of, you know, guys who've added to that culture as well along the way. Um, you know, it's kind of made it special to watch, you know, myself develop within this, you know, kind of team that's been, you know, adding and evolving the past three years or so. And, you know, this start obviously has really been kind of the culmination of that. But uh, how important is that culture, especially this year, because you don't really have the ability to go out and say, uh, you know, go out for uh, for some food or a drink after the game on Friday nights and do some of the things you would normally do. Uh, you're you're really kind of there with the team pretty much all the time. Yeah, I mean, um, culture is, is huge in any locker room. You know, like you said, especially a year like, um, like this year where, you know, you, can, you don't have much escape from, from hockey. It's really the only thing you can and, you know, or – can do. And like you said, um, you know, you're with your teammates, you know, 24 seven, don't really get to um, interact with outside people much, but um, I mean, culture is everything. I mean, especially in pro hockey with the kind of revolving door that occurs from time to time with players coming in and leaving and such, um, you know, that's what kind of keeps the, keeps the the boat moving forward when, when you have a bunch of new guys in lineups is just kind of the mentality and, you know, and standard you set for the team every night, depending on who's in the not depending on who's in the lineup. You've been able to get some power play time here recently, kind of being that net front guy on the power play. Describe what that has been and how much of a reward that is for you, and how you've been able to take advantage of that. Uh, yeah, I mean, obviously it's it's fun to uh, anytime you get a chance to be on a power play, it's a great opportunity to you know give give your team a, an opportunity to score, and um, that's a cool moment. But uh, I mean, for me, it's it's not much of a not much of a tough job. I just mostly stand there, try to get away the goalie's eyes, and let Spencer Watson do his thing. So, uh, it's not not a difficult job. Say, so with a sniper like Spencer Watson on the power play, it, 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 how much fun is it to play with a guy like that? Uh, I mean, it's it's funny, it's fun, and it's it's fun to watch too. Um, you know, I catch catch myself, you know, out there just watch him kind of mesmerized with him doing what he does with the puck and I got snapped in and realized I'm out there playing with him. But, um, I mean, he just opens up so much, so much every play. And, um, you know, he's a threat to put the puck in that at any moment. So it's, it's important and it's dangerous to have a guy like that on your team. What was your off season like? Um, and especially a very unusual off season. How did you prepare for this season? Um, you know, a lot of it is just kind of, being ready at any time, you know, there was a lot of uncertainty with, you know, whether the season was actually going to happen at all. Um, and then also to what, when it would, um, you know, and you just kept hearing dates and things kept getting pushed back and back. And, you know, there was really no way to f- prepare months or whatever out for the season to start. So you just kind of had to, um, you know, stay on your toes and be ready to, uh, you know, get that call to go to camp at any moment many moments notice you know obviously with it being a little longer summer is a little tedious at times and it made it a little tough on the mental but um you know you just gotta just gotta take it day by day 
you were part of a championship team here in Indy in 2014 and junior. How, how special has that been for you to, number one, be back here in Indianapolis, but to also be teammates again with Chris Martinet and Tim Shoup. And, uh, and I know a couple of, a uh, couple of Waterloo guys and McCray and Krieger are on the, uh, on the team as well. But, uh, do you really share that bond from having been a part of something so special? Yeah. Yeah. We let, we let McCray and Krieger, let them, uh, <laughs> I'm here a few things already, but, um, yeah, I mean, and in, in any, any league, um, you know, of hockey, any level of hockey or any sport, you know, it's, it's difficult to win championship. And, um, you know, that was one of my few, few times to actually win a championship like that. So that moment that with those guys is, is something you guys will cherish together forever. And, um, you know, of course it adds for a little extra, um, you know, happy hello when you, when you do run into each other again. And I know in that series, you know, this, this six, seven years ago, but you had a big overtime goal in the finals uh, and that knotted the series up at one, it, when you score an overtime goal, it's always a big deal, but especially in the playoffs, especially in that magnitude, uh, what is that like when the puck goes in the net and and you've had a chance to contribute? Yeah, how, how much does that stay with you? Yeah, I mean, obviously till this day, um, till this day, that's one of my um, greatest hockey memories. Um, like you said, with uh, you know the competition, the level of that league, and you know to be in the finals representing your your um, your conference like that. Um, you know, any goal is big and you're fired up for your team. Um, but obviously an overtime goal is awesome. I add, actually add a little extra bonus, but, um, no, that goal was, was, um, was really big for me, um, for my career and everything, um, with, you know, college opportunities opening up after that, actually. So it was, um, it was, it's really cool. It's a really good moment. I look back on with a fond memory. And you look at that college opportunities, how'd that really set the table for you as a pro and how have you really improved in each year you've been a professional? Um, college was, it was great. Um, I actually didn't know if my future would be in hockey going into school. Um, but you know, four years at university gives you time to you know, kind of develop as a, as a hockey player, but also as a person. And, um, you know, once I saw hockey was something I want to do for my future, um, having a, a limited schedule, as you do in college, with a lot more practice time, um, it just gave me time, uh, time and opportunity to, you know, get better um, every day. I was at school, and then, you know, in pros, it's a little tougher to, you know, kind of get some individual skills in with the, you know, kind of the length of the season, um, with amount of games. But you know, just whatever you can, you just try to, you know, improve every day, and that's just something I try to do. Well, Joe, thanks for joining us, and good luck this weekend. Thanks, Andrew. Appreciate it. And we want to thank Joe Sullivan and prior to that, Alec McRae for joining us on this edition of Under the Hood. We want to thank you for joining us as well. Just one home game this week, Wednesday, February 10th against the Wheeling Nailers. It's an all-you-can-eat night. The puck drops at 7.05 p.m. Then on Sunday, the Fuel will travel to Wheeling for a Valentine's Day matinee, and then it's home for a lot of hockey in a very short stretch. On the 17th, the Fort Wayne Comets will make their first visit to the Indiana Farmers Coliseum. Then the 19th, 20th, and 21st, the Greenville Swamp Rabbits will make their second trip to Indy of the year. And then the following weekend, the Fort Wayne Comets will be in here for three consecutive games. You can get your tickets at IndyFuelHockey.com. 
And we love to see you. Tickets are going fast, so make sure you reserve your seats to any and all of the Fuel's upcoming games as soon as possible. want to thank Alec McRae and Joe Sullivan for joining us on this edition of the podcast, and thank you for listening as well. I am Andrew Smith, the broadcast voice of the Fuel. We'll see you at the rink. Thanks for going under the hood with the Indy Fuel. For more, keep visiting IndyFuelHockey.com.